this guy, that guy, and this other guy in. We've seen that laser shot a few times already this year from Brock Besser. He's got himself a spring. Head up all the way, head up, head up, head up, big look, and then you can hear the ping, the shooter's ping. You can see that shot knocked down. Hendrick, attack for Daniel. Such a go, he scores! The Area 51 Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Area 51 Hockey Podcast with Nick, Sean, and Jess. How are, how are my boys doing here? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, I had a good weekend in Edmonton visiting some friends, uh, but I'm fighting off a little bit of a cold right now, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll power through. But uh, overall, I'm uh, excited about uh, the season starting and what's going on so far. I'm so happy that Montreal beat Toronto. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to our boy, Matthew. <laughs> oh, man, that was a heck of a game. Like, I I was – there's not often that a game will get me, like, up out of my seat and hopping around the living room. I that hopping, game did it. <laughs> I was hopping – man, like, that was that was just – oh, it made me so happy. And, and what made me even happier is just our group chat with Matthew on just how tilted he was. <laughs> Oh, I was well, jumping. and for people that don't know, right? Nick is a Habs fan, and Matthew's and a our Toronto friend Matthew. Fan. Yeah, and so he was pretty salty throughout. Which we probably just, just lost the added. listener. We we definitely just lost <laughs> the listener for the for the area one fifty. The area. You can't even say the podcast. I can't even say it. I'm laughing so hard. I can't even say it. Area one fifty. I wasn't even. I was. I didn't even want to bring it up, but I'm glad you guys did. Oh no, I had to. That was just two goals. Oh, that was that was such a good game, though. Oh yeah, it was a good game, especially considering especially considering that Canucks game after was boring. Oh, oh man. we'll get to that one. What a yawner! <laughs> um, you know what really stood out to me in the in the Montreal game was um, Price is solid in the shootout. Hey, <laughs> he's just solid always. Like he was, man. He's the only reason that wasn't like eight one out of the first what forty minutes. Like, yeah. it, it was all carry. I think but really also talk about man. like talk about like a like a a twelve million dollar. Shootout versus a thirty-three million dollars shootout. Yeah, it's ten and a half million versus thirty-three. I just I saw so many memes after. It's like who will win thirty-three million dollars in elite forwards or one brick wall? (laughs) 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 There were so many of them. It was great, but I I think the best part of that whole thing was when Kapanen threw his stick at Petrie, and everyone. First off, no one knew like what the rules were going on. They had like a five minute discussion with both the coaches, like, okay, so this is gonna happen. Can this happen? They, no. What about this? Yes, okay. And then Max Domi's chirp after. It can't yeah. repeat on the podcast, but that was hilarious. That's awesome. Well, my but favorite also, was they immediately they, they panned they over to Kapanen, and Kapanen's just right. blank stare on the ice. Yeah. They got the call right, which I like. Yes, they did. Yeah. Oh yeah, they nailed it. Um, which is a rare call to see be made, right? Like even it went over to Carey Price after, and he's like, I knew the rule, but I don't think I've ever seen it enforced like that. <laughs> and I, I thought penalty right away. I was like, oh, there's a penalty. I did not think penalty shot right away, however, which I've was seen very it exciting. <laughs> it was um, something to do with Ovechkin. Someone threw a, their stick at Ovechkin, and he got a penalty shot. I saw it one other time. I can't remember when. Yeah. No, yeah, no I've like never. a few years ago. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen it before. I was... I was like, what's happening? And then it sounded like for a moment they could allow anyone to go out and sh- shoot the penalty shot. And then which, they were, is right. wrong. which is wrong. Which is wrong. And then I also heard the announcer say, well, it's going to be a five on three. And then that was obviously wrong. And then when they went back to the penalty shot, it's like, okay, well, it has to be Jeff Petrie because he was the one that had a stick thrown at him. And then he went and which actually saw started. Jeff Petrie finishing that. Hey, <laughs> baseball <laughs> legend Jeff Petrie. That's where he got his good oh, shot from. Man. His dad played in the MLB. So that's where he's but got his yeah, wicked heart. Yeah. Go. But speaking of, like, you know, goalies being sound and everything, Luongo should probably just take over the NHL Twitter account, hey? Like, yeah. his, his, his Twitter game this week was strong. Did you see, uh, you know, the whole, our lead-up to the captains? Oh, yeah, yeah. captains. See, he zoomed out and he's like, look what I find when you, when you zoom out of this photo here. <laughs> 
Oh, Louis, Louis the king. Oh, man. That, that, I, you know what? I was like, you know what? I'll accept your three million just this year for that. That yeah. was good. <laughs> yeah. If Luongo just professionally, just day by day, commentates hockey games through his Twitter, that'd be great. Oh, he needs a live tweet every game. That would be great. I'd be. Yeah, I'd be in. Yeah, for I'd, that. I'd subscribe for that service. He says, I'm gonna live tweet the game. No, we want we want Luongo to live tweet the game. Yeah, technically we are paying him more than the Panthers are currently, so I think he should live tweet all of our games since he's much more on our payroll than he is on the Panthers <laughs> now. That's a good uh, point. I think I like... that that purchases his his copyrights. Yeah, I like that. Okay, <laughs> so let's get back on topic here, boys. As a Canucks based podcast, the Canucks played their first two games and they were both disappointing results, but they had two different tales to them. So. I think this week we can break it down game by game because it was just two games. Pretty simple. We haven't had the home opener yet or anything. We had the two away games in Alberta. So let's talk about that Edmonton game to start where they actually look decent compared to the second game. Uh, what was your guys' overall thoughts on that game? Uh, as, oh, a whole, I... like, as a whole, I thought the Canucks outplayed Edmonton. Um, <laughs> you can definitely see there's... Uh, like People call it rust, but... Uh, it's also just like they're unfamiliar with each other. You can definitely tell that they haven't played with each other. Like they just, they've only spent a three week training camp together. You can tell that on the ice. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I th- like I, th- I had a lot of optimism after watching the Oilers game because, I mean, aside from the fact that it's the Oilers and that Leon Dreisaitl was just so dominant throughout the game, I thought they kept McDavid kind of in check throughout the entire game except for that one little lapse at the end that cost us the game. When he parted the um, Red Sea? Yeah, which, I mean, I'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, but I thought overall it was a really well-played well, like, well played game, and it gave me a lot of optimism because I thought, okay, these boys are ready to come right out of the gate. Even though there's so many unfamiliar faces, Like I think that they'll get it all together and kind of jive together pretty quick here. Yeah. Oh, I, I was I later five, five games, and they'll start to feel good. Five games. Okay. Oh, I hope so. Like that—that that feels optimistic right now. Like to me, it's like right off the month of October, maybe in November they'll get rolling <laughs> here. Because last game was an absolute mess. But going back to the Edmonton game, um, what was it that I was going to touch on later? I just completely blanked on that. Oh, the the McDavid. Oh, the parting the Red Seas. So, okay, so that was, to me, I blame Sutter for that. And, yes, it was the giveaway, but it was, if you're going to give the puck away like that with such a bad play, why wouldn't you be the hardest, like, hardest back checker to get, to, like, make up for that? Because it's Sutter, and in his quote, he says he's not out there to score goals, so why would he be there to defend goals? (laughs) But at that point, like... Just call it, man. Like, everybody's pointing fingers at, like, Quinn Hughes, who played fantastic. To me, he's the best player out of these first two games, and it's not even close. And, like, between him and Tana, they were, they were going on a line change. Like, Sutter had the puck. He threw it up the boards. It seemed like a, as good of a time as any to go for a line change. So, as far as the Red Sea parting, like... Sorry, but that's Sutter's fault. Yeah, man. It, like, the D, just... it didn't help that the D just made it on. Like, when you're watching the replay, it honestly looked like Tanif and Hughes were actually just backing away. But it should have never totally even did. But it should have never even got to that. But also, no. I watched a replay that clocked his speed through through that. He, he, did, he was coming at them at 36 kilometers an hour. Dude's, dude's insane. Which, I mean, that's like, what, three strides? in for him like yeah his, like, his acceleration is unbelievable but he'd get a speeding ticket through a school zone then like that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> i know like to think because i i saw a breakdown of it and i'm trying to remember now but i'm pretty certain it was thomas Drance's at like armies the armies uh that he broke it all down in and it was like one stride he had sutter beat and completely out of the play Two strides, he put Tanov in, in jeopardy. 
three strides he had burned everybody except for Hughes who ended up poking the puck but because he had it on such a string and ended up right back on his stick again he just finished it right like yeah. I'm I'm actually really impressed that Quinn Hughes was able to get back into the play as quickly as he was like to think he almost broke that up so an interesting thing I like I was just in Edmonton and um I was surrounded by Oilers fans which is like oh so gross and I was talking. Did you to have to shower a lot? Yeah, yeah. Like, dude. You know what? That's where his sinus infection came so from. Not, breathing not, their I, air. I landed and I was like, man, I feel just. Ugh, I need to shower. Like, get the Edmonton air off of me. It's gross. <laughs> um, but I was talking to them about the game, and I was talking to some guys that actually like they weren't just you know headstrong like Edmonton McDavid blah blah. They were actually like hockey fans. Like they knew what they were talking about. And they right. said, if you rewatch that game, McDavid was horrible, except for one play. He was, yeah. yeah. He no, played. He played horrible. McDavid had a horrible game against Vancouver. Yeah. He had well, Vancouver shut him down. Yeah. Yeah, they did. And he said the only thing that really, like, you know, made it exceptional was like he had this crazy play. And they said if he didn't have that, he would have been the like one of the worst guys on the team that night. Like he had a bad game, but then he's McDavid. So he had a great play and everyone's like, Oh yeah, you're on the highlight. You're on sports center. You're on the highlight reel. So I thought that was kind of refreshing as a, as a, well, that's to hear Oilers fans recognize that. Yeah. He's McDavid, but he had an okay game. Oh yeah. yeah. I, how I view the Edmonton game particularly is, Excluding Dreisaitl, all the Canucks on average played better than all the Oilers. So the mm-hmm. let's say the whole team of this excluding Dreisaitl was like playing like a five or a six. The Can- average Canuck was playing like a six or a seven, but Dreisaitl well, was like a nine. I I did, and he I did was just game breaking. I did think Zach yeah. Cassian played a pretty okay. Yeah, game. that's true. I do have to give credit yeah. to Zach. Zach actually played a really good game. I think he ended with a goal. Oh, and a what six. a shot! Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Like, if he played like that back when we got him, he would still be a Canuck today. Like, if that oh. was this, he's he's completely changed as well, a person the and a player. He's off the sauce, and he's got nothing going up his nose right now. Like, you can tell he's he's a hockey yeah. player again. Well, and even in his interviews, you could tell that he's just you know more mature, more, uh, more focused, you know, more responsible. Yeah. yeah, like he's in a good place right now. Yeah. And I, I'm happy for him because he he deserves the best. And so, like, obviously I wish that was in a Canuck jersey, but um, mm-hmm. I'm happy he's just getting it somewhere just as a human being. It's, it stings Leon a little. Leon title was a, a beast. Oh, yeah. It stings a little bit on Cassian that it's not in a Canucks jersey simply because it's in an Oilers jersey. <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, it's not like it's a true, like, act, like real talent, like, if the if the wing if Edmonton actually had some decent wingers, Cassian wouldn't be any more than a third liner. Oh, yeah. for sure, right? Yeah. Like so. if Cassian was on the Canucks today, he'd be fighting for third lineman. Yeah, right. I mean, unless he plays like he did in the Edmonton game, which is better than most of the Canucks currently are playing. So he he'd be getting a good shot right now. <laughs> and I I thought Quinn like he played Hughes played good. Um, he's definitely trying to figure out how to play that rover style that he loves in the NHL. Yeah. Like there was a couple times where I was like, Oh dude, you are out of position. Yeah. Uh, but then there was a couple times where I was like, Oh, you look really good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm okay with learning those mistakes. Like having him learn those mistakes now because oh, with Edmund honestly, Canada, like, yeah. partner. well, and did you, did you guys see the quote that, uh, Travis Green had a little bit ago talking about power play one yeah and that There's you know for four games right yeah well for four games you know they had it all revolving revolving around hughes and it looked good and he was happy with it but then he gave one game to edler and they scored four times right yeah well how do you take it away from that guy so right? person personally like in my opinion mm-hmm. i do prefer edler as the pp1 guy what? And, really? Uh, yeah, I do. Just, just personally, um, and I would, I would put Hughes on the PP too. Um, okay, I want to hear your reasoning for that because I strongly oppose that. Okay, 
so my reasoning is is you want to put the best opportunity out there for PP1 to score goals. And I think Edler I is, uh, he has more, he has the higher chance of getting goals than, than he was right now. Maybe in, in four months from now, that's not the case. But at the beginning of the season, I think that is the case. Let's see if, like, for uh, me, sec, sorry, I would Sean, much rather. Before, yeah, before go you go on, I've been thinking about this lately because... I wanted Hughes on my number one Canucks power play to start the season. But after watching these past couple games, I have to actually agree with Jess. So before you go into debate, I just want to add with Jess. I think think Edler balances out that top unit and adds a bit more of a leadership mentor presence to it. And at the same time... Hughes on that second power play actually adds another offensive threat with Bo Horvat. I think it's more well-balanced. I'm not saying it's necessarily better, but I'm going to say it balances it out so you have two... If if you're rating each power play out of 100, let's say with Edler it's an 80, and if Hughes, yeah, the potential could be an 85, but the power play two is much lower. I feel like they're more balanced out and it gives them more opportunities because Edler and Hughes don't play the same on the power play. Exactly. No, they do. Yeah, yeah so I agree I, they don't, b- for sure. I will, I will give you your shot, Sean, but I just want to say two yeah. little things before you before you go into your spot. So uh, I want to say that um, it is proven that offensive defensemen really uh, calm down as they get older and they mm-hmm. actually their games really grow and they actually last a lot longer in the NHL because they kind of figure out that. Oh, well, we touched if, on that last podcast. I know. Or like, a couple we, podcasts. We but, talked about yeah. it, like that if they slow the game down, it really helps them. And I think that experience really helps the Canucks on their PP1 with Edler there. Number two, I was sitting at Earl's watching the first game of Edmonton, sitting there watching the game, and this guy beside me. They get a power play, and he just starts losing his mind that Edler's on PP1. Starts talking to me, saying, Edler's the worst defenseman that the Canucks have ever had. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to talk off, to you anymore. Yeah. yeah, but then he's like, I go to a lot of games, and Edler turns over the puck all the time. I'm like, well, like, so do a lot of guys. Yeah, he turns over the puck, but I don't think he turns over the puck the most. And I said to him, I'm like, he is... He is a very calming aspect to the power play. I said, he's about to score a goal. As I said that, Edler took a little slap shot from the point. Boom, goal. I paid my bill and I left. <laughs> okay, to me, like, uh, okay, I'll, I'll jump into mine. I don't yeah. care about either of those points at all. <laughs> this. So but this I hope is this the guy. I hope this no, guy like the, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like I, I do too. But this is this is the thing. To me, the biggest problem right now is our power play is over ten. So balancing when your power play already sucks, why wouldn't you just have at least one power play that can score, right? First off, second of all, the biggest problem with the power play, in my opinion, and I've seen a lot of people kind of given heck to Lebo for being on the power play. To me, it's not Lebo's problem at all or fault no, at all. It's not. It's the fact that the power play doesn't move. That power play, it just like, yeah. I've seen constipated bowel movements move more than that. Yeah. Like they don't move at all. Everybody's glued to their spot. I watched and then they're trying to throw these crossing passes through three pairs of legs. I watched the like, next power play and I thought to myself, wait, am I re-watching the Montreal game? What's going on here? They're not doing anything. They don't move. Like, okay, with Montreal, they had one play. (laughs) They had that one play. (laughs) Like, they're like, we'll move it around a whole bunch, pretend that we're thinking about doing something else, and then we'll lob it over to Weber for a (laughs) one-timer. No matter where he is on the zone. The bottom of the circle, one-timer. Like, and it didn't make any sense. But at least they moved. Like, like, with the... It's so sad. With the Nuts power play. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, Weber one-timer coming up. Three minutes later, one-timer. Perfect. Yeah. Um, with the Canucks, they don't move. And the only player that moves on the power play is Hughes. So to me, 
cure for the biggest illness. That's a heavy dose of Hughes, man. I don't like, and Edler is a shooter. Like Edler, I don't like, we used to mean this like what a couple years ago, a year ago where Besser would be wide open or PD yeah. would be wide open. And there's Edler with four shin pads in front of him and he's winding up like, this that's what's happening right now is you have pd on one side you have besser on the other you have two elite level shots and then you have edler just saucing these muffins through the middle and sometimes they get through and sometimes they go in but i would much rather be winding up one of those big guys on either side they're getting paid the big box to have that shot first and foremost and if your power play quarterback is just not even looking anywhere and just winding up, saucing these muffins through the middle of the zone, I don't feel like I'm sniping shin that. pads. He's sniping shin pads all day. Like, like if if shin pads were goals, Edler would be leading the lead right now. I uh, think. I, and I, I understand where you're coming from, but I personally, I feel like watching the Canucks power play is more of an issue of yeah, they're they're standing still and trying to make these passes and not move and the issue is they're well, who standing the still and no one's actually connecting on the passes where no one's ever getting a clean pass off i feel like every second pass it's being bobbled or it's too hard and it takes the guy a second to regroup and then by the time that defender's yeah. gone there and then they move back and they make one crisp pass and it goes to the next and then that person bobbles it and you never well, and i did wonder about the ice quality last game just because there was so much bobbling like, it didn't really make sense. And it wasn't just the Canucks. It was both sides were bobbling it. Yeah. And so I was wondering about the quality of the ice in Calgary last game. But... Oh, so let's let's touch on this Calgary game. So first off, everyone rejoice because Louis Erickson didn't get this game 70 to be healthy scratched. It was game two. Okay. And we got to see the game. That was a win. Guys, did you guys see my tweet that I retweeted the, the large cast? The they, Louis they Erickson gave, was an A-plus they, 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 they gave Yeah, they gave a report card about the whole team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I oh that was a, that was a good retweet. I like that. It was good. It was solid. Um, well, and there was a good decision that everybody can get behind, right? The Goddard scratch. Nobody was a big fan of the bear was going down to the miners. Nobody liked. So the thing I liked about um, Goddard's game in Calgary was um, I don't know the Calgary guy, but he streaked down and he and he sprayed Markstrom with snow. Mm. Mm-hmm. Godette got in that guy's face and gave him like two real good jabs. Like he's like, you can't do that. Like get out of my crease. Like he made his presence known. I really like that. Yeah. Well, and it's about time somebody did. Like I was texting Nick through the game, and I was like, we're being bullied by Hamanick. Travis Hamanick is bullying us. I was like, we got a, a team of like Tyler Myers, Michael Furland, JT Miller, Bo Horvat, Jake Furtan, and like we got all these guys that. Were, and we we're boasting about how oh we're so much faster, more skilled, so strong. <laughs> and Travis Hamanick is bullying us. Good Branson broke his jaw in the opener last year. Yeah. yeah. Eric Branson, who never stood up for anybody, that stood was, up to Travis Hamanick. That was probably one of the more re- like at the end of last season. I did I didn't find there was a lot of painful Canucks games. Like even when they were out of it, you had the excitement of Hughes and everything else, and Patterson was there. Like. Yes, like, that Calgary game, like, that was actually just depressing. It and, was. like, so slow and so boring. Especially going from a Habs-Leafs game that was on Hockey Night in Canada before that. To get thrown yeah. into that game, I was just, like, I had a hard time seeing awake through that game. I was just It was like, like going kidding? from, like, Six Flags to an old folks home. Yeah. In like, <laughs> three seconds. It was unbelievable. And so, the, the most excited I got was when Myers got pissed off and when shoved Giordano for, like, the greatest flop I've seen in a long time. <laughs> but, like, at least, like, get mad. Like, I'm so sick of watching them get punched around, pushed around, and everybody is. We're so sick of it. And we were told that it is going to be different this year. That's the so thing. One thing, though, that we've talked about is, like, the power play being so unsuccessful. I have really liked the penalty. I like I thought it was outstanding like they they showed that they they can really uh you know get the puck out of the zone and mm-hmm. not bobble it out like it, it oh, was they just it was, mantled Calgary's power play it was that it was, was one quite, really strong point yeah that's that's thing something that made me feel 
okay about that game. Um, I still thought the Canucks played. They did play okay. Um, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you and I were watching different games. I was no, enraged. I might have been half asleep, so. <laughs> the third period wasn't terrible. The, okay, the second half of the game, they did start to come alive a little bit. I'll give PD, you that. PD was making some plays, though, that I'm like, man, we're, it's almost like you don't have confidence right now. Like, he was giving away the puck. He just was bobbling it when he was trying to deke. It was, it was interesting. Well, and one of the things, interesting. too, I like that touching choice. Touching on that, because I've been thinking about this ever since enduring that Calgary game, is is Pedersen and Besser hesitant to shoot? Yeah. What is going on right now? Because they'll get the sh- they'll get the opportunity in a great shooting position, and they'll try to do some really Weird. misguided like backdoor pass play yeah, or like something, he, right? He did just shoot backdoor through his like. Backdoor no look pass to a yeah. Calgary guy, or you could have just shot the puck. Like, yeah, you're in your spot, man. And we'll touch on the name of his spot later on with Daniel, but he was in his spot. You're there. It takes a shot. I... Him or Besser. Well, he has I thought three they both shots had on goal. He has three shots on goal in in, in two games. And uh, what is uh, what is Tanner Pearson's at like thirty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner Pearson. Tanner Pearson just one of them eventually has to go in. Eleven. <laughs> but Besser yeah. has eight, so that's kind of normal for him. But um, that's fair. But they're not his shots, you know. Like no. the shots that he's taking aren't the patented Besser. Alex shots. Edler has a fourteen shot, like fourteen percent. Um, shot percentage right now like he, he has that's the best impressive. on the team like that's that's just garbage yeah um when well, you don't want that being the guy you know you don't and that's to me why i would rather have him for all the reasons that you mentioned on the second power play unit mm-hmm. you know the second power play unit is the weaker of the two obviously and i would rather have him down there <laughs> doing <laughs> a much more you know Sorry. more edler-esque power play where he just he could tee up all day from there. I don't care. What, Just what, don't so, take the shot away from Pedersen or Besser. <laughs> what have you guys thought of Furland? Because I honestly haven't eh. been too He's invisible eh. right now. Happy. Eh. Like, honestly, he's, I thought he's he getting over his better in cold. Calgary than, than, than uh, Michael Furland. Who? So we're talking about Michael Furland. No, I, I oh, said Jake. I, thought, I thought Jake played better. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, I agree. Jake had a, actually, I thought he had the second best game out of everybody. I was, yeah. I said, uh, I thought um, first and foremost that uh, why am I blanking? Sorry, the concussion symptoms are still. Oh yeah, there. we didn't talk about um, Sean. You got a concussion this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. It was, it was not, not a whole lot of fun. Dude, um, you forgot your. So if I'm kind of like spacey through this podcast, just like. Bear with me. Please. So his take on uh, um, Hughes being power play one, it's completely irrelevant. It's all concussion. It's all no, concussion. I'm right. You guys are, I think you guys are concussed on that one. Everybody would agree with me. We're going to put this as a poll later. Okay. Hughes or Edler, power play one. Only and I'm going to win by a landslide. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm on my Twitter. <laughs> Just it was the joke that you forgot your oh, password at work. Oh, your true. Head. <laughs> right. I was I forgot about that, which says a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I was at work and I forgot you, my work password. That you, was pretty much like what that's you, it for me. What do you guys think of uh, Sven Verci apparently not being stilled enough to make this lineup after two games? Oh man, it's I, banana lands. I, like, I, I just. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sorry, it doesn't I, make any sense. I would really love to see Sven Verci on the power play right now. Not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> like, well, okay, and here's the big point that I'll make about this. So last game we ice a third line of Levo, Godet, Bertanen. All three are right-handed players. All three like to shoot. None of the three are playmaking players. You know who is a left-handed? Playmaker, <laughs> I know. Literally, Goldobin and Berchi. Those are the two left-handed playmakers, and they sent them up packing to Utica. 
so meanwhile, bad. we have three righty, like, goal scorers, essentially, guys who like to shoot the puck. On the same line. All on one line, all together. Yeah. So there's not enough puck to go around. Like, who's feeding who, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the line was kind of doomed from the start. I was kind of excited to see um, just a, an offensive-minded line for the third line, just to see that that's where his Travis Green is thinking. Yeah, but I feel like he just like I feel like he just took three names of offensive players. He's like, yeah, that's gonna be good when they all do the same thing. Like, exactly, they're all the same player. Like, uh, like essentially, like that top line of Furlan, Pedersen, Besser, even though it hasn't looked that great, they're all different. And they all bring a different element that's very vital so, for that line's success. Yeah, exactly, where so that third line my, was just the same. My question, my question is, uh, at the home opener or. Uh, do you think he switches it up? Hundred percent. You think he so? Has to. I think so. It wasn't working. It was not no. working. It hasn't it has looked. To. It hasn't looked at the past two. Well, he switched it mid-game. Even, I know, because like, it wasn't working. It was right? not. So he started throwing Sutter up with uh, Godet and, if I'm correct, Lebo, throwing Sutter on the wing. Which I actually, you know what? If Sutter's going to be anywhere. I'm okay with him being on the wing. I'd yeah. rather have in a him third line role. personally. Oh, me too. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. When Pittsburgh think, had their, but you know what? their two setters go down, I was like, Sutter, let's go. But the, thing with, <laughs> but the thing with Sutter is at least he brings something different to that third line. He told you he isn't going to yeah. score goals, so at least there's something different. Yeah. So, there's one person out of three that's not currently trying to score a goal, so yeah. he brings something different to the line. So I think, boys, we're going to wrap it up here because we got our special guest joining us in this next part I, of the podcast. I do have just, I just do have one little hot take that I just wanted to mention. Sorry, Nick. Get, get the hot take in. It's all good. Okay. By uh, two weeks from now, um, I do think that Sutter will be a penguin. Ooh. And I think that we will have Zach Aston Reese on our team. One for one. Oh hell yeah, really? Yeah, well, I'm damn. I'm left, damn for left, that. left wing. I I think he comes over one for one for Sutter. Oh man, sign me up. Where do I sign right now? Do they... I'll drive Sutter to the airport. But Sutter still has like two years, right? Just to confirm, two years. I, I think it's two, isn't it? So yes. Do the Penguins really want? Like I know they're injured, but do they really want to take on that extra year? And they're pretty cash strapped. Like, like if I'm, if I'm, so I don't know if they'd be able to do. If uh, I'm Pittsburgh, straight up, but I don't know his cap. If I'm Pittsburgh and I'm calling Vancouver and I'm looking for a centerman, I'm, I'm like giving up something good for Goddard. Oh, there's no way Goddard ever. I know, but they I'm saying like, I, they say Goddard and Jim laughs and hangs up the phone. I know. There's nothing they. Have I, that I'm would just make saying them. that's who I think the court's so, calling initially. So, so Pittsburgh has one point yeah. seven in space so vancouver would probably have to eat quite a bit of the salary or they got to take a player back with cap like and besides uh, jack johnson no thank you kind of who, who oh, like no, i don't know who else they got that's kind of a cap hit do we take a branson back no oh, no, <laughs> no it's, please, it's, no. it's justin schultz <laughs> justin schultz that's who we take one year 5.5 but, we don't but we're run. already so full on D. I know. Like, we unless we're we shipping we another D man out. And we don't Jimbo's yeah. going to make a move. I mean, Winnipeg. Winnipeg needs D man. <laughs> Winnipeg just needs a moving body on defense right now. Right? Yeah. Somebody that's still breathing. Yeah. But, anyways, okay. so let's wrap this Before we move. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you guys are killing it. Go talk. I know, but I, I have to. What is with Tanev not being a responsible D man anymore? <laughs> Well, you know what? That's that's for another time. That's we'll okay. He's that suddenly time. going like all offense, yeah. no defense. The mo- I was gonna it's, let it's you talk, and then the moment shift. you brought that up, I'm like, great, we're gonna talk for another ten minutes. So yeah, we're, we'll okay. talk about that we'll next call week. It. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, stay tuned. We got our special guest joining us right now. Everybody, we're back, and we have our special guest with us, Daniel Wagner, on Twitter as at Pasadabulus. Uh, Really a man that needs no introduction unless you're Nick uh, and have no idea who anybody is. Oh my goodness. Uh, Daniel, how's it going, James? <laughs> what was that, James? I don't know one person. One person. 
Jeez. Oh, sure. We don't. Younger, even if uh, Nick has no clue who I am, that's okay. <laughs> who I am? That's okay. He didn't. He didn't. He, did, he didn't know who Georgia Twist was either, so it's okay. That's brutal. Honestly, brutal. every time we have a guest on, it's like, who is that? And we have to give them that like, Twitter handle. These two, these two sit in an office all day on a computer. And they do nothing but <laughs> be on Twitter, apparently. Okay, I actually oh, work yeah. here. So, jeez. Oh, I, I feel like every okay. like movie or TV show needs that guy, though, right? Needs that person who has to be introduced to everything, so that the audience also can be introduced to them, right? This is exactly. Is this guy throwing a shade at me already? <laughs> there you go, Nick. You've been saved. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, I mean. Obviously, the biggest reason, aside from the fact that you're around the team all the time and uh, that Jess and I, at least anyways, follow you regularly with your articles on Past Uh the biggest reason why we wanted you on the show right away was the Petterzone versus Area 51 debate. We have to get into this. <laughs> so we're slightly... Of course we do. It's, it's, it's the biggest news of all. Yeah. It is. So we're slightly biased, in case you didn't know, towards this. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the founders of Area 51 versus the founder of the Petter Zone. So, like, there's going to be definite bias <laughs> either way. But <laughs> I think that's that's what's going to make this so great. <laughs> like, I, I will just say this. Look, Petter Zone is inherently silly. It's corny. It's kind of dumb. It's part of the joy of it. Like I think that mm -hmm. we need a little more corniness and silliness and and fun in hockey. Everything gets taken way too seriously. Kind of the the mantra of Pasadabulas is to not take everything so seriously. Uh, have some fun with things. Uh, still have some serious analysis and and try to be objective and and. Uh, job seriously but also just have some fun with it because it is a game it's a sport it's silly it's okay to be silly when it comes to hockey and some people take things just way too seriously agreed like oh, all of like... canucks twitter yeah explodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. over every so, minor decision yeah so pers personally the reason i think it's the area 51 is because if you were to look at the united states as the same as the offensive zone with Texas being the net and <laughs> North and hold on, hold on, no, stop. Oh, okay, stop, no, I want to hear this. Stop. I want to hear this. And I want so to hear if, this. No, Nick, just stop. If Edler was North Dakota and he passed to <laughs> Pedersen in Nevada, where Area 51 is, Area 51 takes a slap shot towards Texas, it's the Area 51 zone. That's amazing. I, I'm not even mad. That is... That you know is what? I think we just won. <laughs> I actually oh, I actually want to argue against us. <laughs> because why, out of all the states, would Texas be the goalie? They literally have... They literally have all the... Texas, Nick. Yeah, but they literally Nick, carry Nick, all Nick, the guns. No, stop, Nick. Look at a map. I, I understand the map. I understand the map reference. I just think Texas is a horrible goalie. This is the best podcast I've ever been a guest on. <laughs> no, but Nevada... Daniel's now a regular on Yeah, podcast. exactly. It's like I'm coming on every week. So, I mean, like... I like can't if even you, breathe. If, like, if, nowhere to if, go. If you want to think about it, like, we could call, like, where, where Besser takes slap shots, we could call it the Kentucky zone, if you want. Like, you know? And then we got the whole, all the states covered. What's in Kentucky? Oh, you know what? Instead, I think it needs to be the Tyson chicken conspiracy zone. <laughs> yeah. The zone. yeah. Somewhere in Arkansas. But, so so that's that's personally my argument. That's your reason. It's, it's, okay, that's, that's, that's why it's the Area 51. I love it. You know what? I, can, I can buy that. that. I understand. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I like it. But two different reasons why I feel like the petter zone is is the right way to go um first of all i i have to push back at the area 50 sorry you cut out there he doesn't really like the alien nickname he mm. even said that on the sportsnet broadcast um i can even push back a little more on the alien nickname because i've been learning a little bit of swedish uh, and oh. uh 
the alien, it actually sounds very sim similar in Swedish. Moose. So secretly, when you are calling Pedersen the alien, you are actually calling him the Moose, which is Mark Messier's nickname. So you're actually associating Elias Pedersen with Mark Messier. So he's confirmed captain on Wednesday, then. <laughs> but I, I think... <laughs> Well, so I'm we, just I'm just saying, like, if you want to call Pedersen the greatest Messier, Canuck of all time, I mean, ooh, I, that's oh, hard wow. to come back oh, wow. from on this. What did you say? <laughs> well, we can push, but we can push that aside because I'm not going to stand for this uh, greatest Canuck of all time nonsense. Um, I mean, we we have right a we, past that. We have yeah, a, we have we a, we have a backup plan for rebranding um, in case the Area 51 it takes us side. If we if lose. Have, if a real hard left turn, we do have a backup plan. Yeah, we're now the Petrozone podcast. This, 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 this Swedish moose has caught us off guard. <laughs> I know, I know. I had to throw that in there just to really throw you off oh, Quick question. Like, where did Daniel's you know? got blazing today. So you, you came up with the Petrozone. What made you come up with that? Well, it, it's kind of just a, a very silly thing, but uh, if if you listen to announcers in Swedish pronounce Pedersen's name, it actually sounds a lot more like Elias Pettersson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a nod to that. It's it's That's the zone he likes to shoot from, so it's Elias Pettersson's Pettersson. And so I kind of like it just because it does sound a little more like the pronunciation of, of his name in Swedish. Uh I like it because apparently Pedersen likes it too. They they asked him and he said that he prefers Pedersen. So, you That's know, just going to throw that out there too. That's another argument in my favor. And also it's just kind of silly and fun. <laughs> that that's the number one thing about it is that it's silly and fun i did some goofy photoshops of him taking shots from that zone with Pedersen and like metal band font i saw that <laughs> and it's just it's goofy and silly and and i like it for that reason just and you know what area 51 is is a decent name for it it's the alien nickname <laughs> Yeah, and, and I don't it's think you should necessarily alien. change the name of the podcast. Like, <laughs> look, everyone calls Patterson the alien. It was his teammates that started it. Yeah, it's it's a fine nickname. Not every player is going to like their nickname, and that's it's, more, most of the time. Those kind of nicknames are for the fans, not for the mm -hmm. team themselves. Like the the players in the locker room don't call him the alien. No, they call him Petey. Petey. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like all all of us call him Petey. Yeah, I mean, so, I call him Petey. I got I got some pushback from some other hockey writers. It's like, did you just call him Petey? I'm like, that's what everybody calls him, and it's trying to get his yeah, attention for <laughs> for a question. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I'm just going by what everybody else is calling him. It's good to know because we do have a really good name for a podcast backup in case something ever happens. But we're not oh, spreading I'm, it. I'm working on stuff. We're not so. spreading it. We, we're not it might it might it. become a side project too. We'll see. Well, it was oh, it was yeah. on it was on Twitter for seven minutes. Seven and minutes. Because we were oh, like, yeah, what are you too doing? Good of a name. I had to get rid of it. We're not even. I'm not even going to drop it. So we got to stop talking about it. Because <laughs> Alden and Sat Shower talking about, hey, like if you have a cool name for a podcast, throw it out there. I threw it out there. I was like, wait, I'm not getting paid for this. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, royalties for that. that Give me some it. money and then we'll talk. Yeah. 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 Uh, no. So I, I, I have a compromise for the Petter Zone in Area 51. I think there is a world where both can exist. And oh, both wow. mean two totally different things. Peter 51? Hmm? Peter 51? <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> and believe it or not, it has nothing to do with Texas. So, um, I will just so, say, for some reason, my my headphones cut out just in that one oh. section, and everybody laughed at it. So I'm assuming it was terrible. It was bad. It was so terrible. Yeah. I decided to combine the two. Just need to know. I combined. No, we don't. We, no, we don't need to relive it. We don't need to relive it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I guess you'll have to listen Jokes to the podcast. Yes, you'll okay. have to listen to the podcast. Uh, so I'll do it, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Daniel was going to put it on ignore after being on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Petter's on. How about if that's his spot on the ice, but the arena itself, Air, Rogers Arena, is Area 51. I well, think I mean, I've always technically yeah, more like sense. I've always said there should be like a section in Rogers Arena that is like Area 51 where like the dedicated Pedersen fans can sit. Like, oh, I, I, can I feel that like happen. that would be cool. I could yeah, that happen. yeah, yeah. Like like how they've always had kind of a certain section like. I can't even remember the name of it now, but Luongo had like his his section. Like maybe Petey has his section. It's called Area Fifty One. Who knows? And Edler Edler has like the Eagles Nest, where he brings in uh, kids to to watch games that otherwise wouldn't be able to go to games. And so yeah. you know, there's precedent there. So yeah. um, I, like I I'll be at the game on Wednesday, Dan, and uh, I I will have an Area Fifty One T-shirt on. So uh, you, <laughs> there we go. You can you can look for me there. In the press box, if <laughs> that's where you know I have to watch the games from. Yeah, uh, the guy screaming outside your door. That's just yeah. <laughs> let me into the press box. <laughs> Trying to smuggle Nick in as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they would revoke my press pass. Not even yeah. joking. <laughs> what if yeah, I just yeah. what if I just borrowed it? They would just still take it away. Pretend that you were him. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Nick, well, Wyatt, Wyatt Nick, aren't actually. Wyatt Nick, was in the rule? press box and he got it. He got mistaken for me a couple times. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Wyatt aren't the stand-in. No, Daniel Wagner's already in here. Yeah. We both uh, are, are pretty generic white guys with beards, so you know. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. Just grow a beard, Nick. You'll be fine. Three days. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, with like with your with your experience with the team, uh, have you found that over the last five years um, that there has been like a, a big morale change this year uh, with the team? Do you think that there's a, a lot of positivity in the room? Like, do do you mean like positivity like in the room or in the fan base? Mm-hmm. Not the fan base. In the actual like talking to the players. I mean, like every every single season starts off very positive. I mean, that's that's always going to be the case coming out of training camp and out of preseason. Um, you generally have a lot of positivity within the locker room itself. They believe in themselves. They have to believe in themselves. There's yeah. a reason they've gotten to the level that they are. It's because they trust in their own abilities. They trust in their own skill. Like the top end guys, like guys like Elias Pedersen and Brock Besser, like they've been the best players in their leagues their whole since life. they were kids, like for their entire lives. So they definitely believe that they can be among the best players in the NHL. Um, so they definitely believe that they always have a chance to make the playoffs. I think there is a bit of a difference this season because of the moves in the offseason to add JT Miller, Michael Furland, Tyler Myers, Jordy Ben. The addition of those uh, veterans a difference in the room it does kind of send a message to the team that we are going for it we're going for the playoffs there's an expectation now whereas over the last few seasons like they've talked about wanting to make the playoffs but they haven't necessarily made the moves that they would need to make to take that next step mm-hmm. felt yeah. like they've made the moves to take that next step and, and have yeah. been wrong but uh <laughs> this season there definitely is a bit of a shift compared to last season Especially because last it, it season really they, shows, they, they like, lost the Sedines, like, yeah, or what Pedersen was going to be in the NHL. There was a lot of uncertainty this season. There definitely is a lot more positivity, I'd say. Yeah, and it really shows that like the management uh, has shown that they really believe in the core group by going to get those guys to give them the support. For sure, well, like there's they, kind of a follow. Yeah. Sorry, follow up question to to that was they've kind of struggled out of the gate and it's only been two games. A lot of people are kind of panicking about it, but do you think that that heightened expectation or that, uh, that extra bit where they truly believe that this should be a playoff team now, whereas before it was more playoff hopeful has affected maybe uh, their anxiousness towards the game or nervousness towards the game. Like they feel that pressure a little bit more this season because it's it's kind That's, of uncharacteristic to see Patterson and Besser 
like sure. I mean, that's that's a possibility, um, especially with guys like Patterson that that put a lot of pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. To their like Patterson's a perfectionist. Like he satisfied with his game, and I mean that's why he's as good as he is. But it definitely yeah. means he can be harder on himself than he probably needs to be. I think mm-hmm. the biggest reason that they've kind of stumbled over these first couple of games, and obviously it's so early, you, you, who knows what's going to happen in the next like twenty games, and that's when yeah. you can really kind of get a sense of what this team is going to be. I think the biggest reason is that with the new additions, and they have ten players that are on the roster to start the season that were not on the roster to start last season. Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty big. That's huge shift in it's the roster, big, especially yeah. when you're adding two top six forwards like Miller and Furland. Yeah. Um, there's just some kind of figuring things out over these first couple of games. And and that's particularly true for Pedersen, Besser, and Furland. And I mean, Furland's not even on the top line for this next game, most likely. It looks like Miller's getting moved to that spot. Yeah. But they didn't yeah. play together at all during the preseason. Yeah. Uh, first it was Besser not being there, and then Furland was sick. And so they never actually got a chance to play together and potentially develop some chemistry. Uh, And I think that has more to do with it than any jitters or nerves they might have. Mm. I I think Pedersen, Pedersen, you don't have to worry about. Pedersen will be fine. Um, Besser, maybe there's some uncertainty there because he's had, he hasn't played a full season in the NHL yet. Um, But I think he'll be fine as well. Uh, There's, Mm. Some uncertainty over whether Furland is actually the right fit on that top line. Um, Pedersen really likes having a creative, skilled player to to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. That's why he worked pretty well with Goldobin. And I know Goldobin didn't put up points with him, and that's an issue because when you're playing with Pedersen, you got to score. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he likes having a creative playmaker on his wing, and Besser's not really that guy. Pedersen's is very creative with how he skates and moves the puck in the lanes that he takes and so when he's got someone else who's also creative with him they can do things that they otherwise can't do with someone like Furland who's just a very straight ahead player yeah and Furland yeah. Furland can play on top lines he's proven that it's he's just, just very north south very different yeah. style yeah he's a very north south guy and he can play with skilled players he did that in Carolina he did that in Calgary and it's possible that he he will figure it out with Pedersen and Besser they're, they didn't have any time to play together. There's no chemistry there yet. I think that's the biggest reason they haven't really gelled together. Um, I'm yeah, gonna quick... think... yeah, Sorry. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. Uh, I just wanted to chime in because you've been obviously following the Canucks for a long time, writing about them through when they were extremely good and when they've been extremely bad. And I've been kind of putting every guest for the past couple of weeks on the spot here with this question. But if the Canucks are healthy enough, do you think they actually have the personnel to be a playoff team this year? Um, I think a lot of a lot has to go right for them to make the playoffs. Um, and and I think that they've already kind of shot themselves in the foot with the way they've constructed the roster to start the season, where there's such a distinct top six, bottom six, where you've got some decent skill in that top six. The, your top two lines look like they can compete with most other teams in the NHL. But then you've got a bottom six that's entirely devoted to defense. Yeah. Fly in the new NHL. And you Part saw they tried... 50% of your time to being in your own zone. Exactly. Like, basically, when you've got Sutter on the ice and you've got Beagle on the ice, you're punting. You're you're not trying to score. <laughs> you're just... You're just yeah. trying to keep the other team from scoring until you can get your uh, uh, better skilled players back out on the ice. And that isn't really a way that you're going to, you're not going to win with that in the NHL right now. Uh, That worked in the past. Uh, We saw that with the 2011, 2010, 2011 Canucks, they had that kind of formation where they had so much skill on the top line with with the Sedins and Burroughs. They had an amazing second line led by Kessler. And then they had a very devoted checking line centered by Manny Malhotra. And then a fourth line that was just kind of an afterthought. Uh, But, the NHL has changed a lot. Yeah. yeah. We find you, well, need, you need a lot of... teams being up all four lines. Yeah. yeah. We find um, nowadays 
a lot of teams run three really like three offensive lines, and then their fourth line is kind of a checking defensive, don't get scored on basically. And yeah. I feel like that's yeah, what you're basically just pushed for. Yeah. Especially with Goddett now. Like, if Goddett actually can stay in the roster the full time, I feel like they need to start building that third line to be an offensive line. Yeah, and, and there's potential there. There's potential there. I think the issue with how they they initially put that line together, um, they had, uh, what was it, Vertanen, Goddett, and Levo together. Yeah. And with that, you've got... Uh, no one to pass the puck. Yeah, <laughs> you've Wait. got three righties. No, no one to pass the puck because Vertanen he just doesn't pass the puck. Levo is very good along the boards. He's a decent possession driver. Doesn't really pass the puck very well. And Gaudet is a north-south guy. Drives the net. He, he's not a passer either. I think that they'd be better served having you know someone like Berchi or Koldobin <laughs> on that third hey. line. But they sent they sent both of them down, and yeah. so because they were so devoted to this idea of having a, a real matchup line Eagle and they felt like, Oh, maybe Sutter can score again. He like Benning flat out said that, that Levo Sutter and Bertanen could provide goal scoring. He thinks Levo can score 15 to 20 goals. And it's like yeah. happening with that third line. Cause when you've got Levo Sutter and Bertanen together, again, there's no one to pass the puck and there's exactly. no one to, to distribute, to, to be a playmaker in the system, they have players that could have been on the roster to to do that. They do to exactly that. Yeah. Playmakers <laughs> yeah. in Berchi and Goldobin, and they sent both of them down. Yeah, they kept the same type of player, and and much has been made about the players that have been sent down and didn't make the team, or they were put on waivers. Obviously, the big three with Berchi, Goldobin, and Biega. Out of the three, I I was worried about losing Biega because I thought the other two for sure would clear. Um, but I thought Viego would get claimed. Um, now he's been traded, which uh, we didn't really get much of anything back. We got pulled back. Um, just kind of a quick, like you've been around the room with Viega and the presence that he's had. We all appreciate uh, his time with the Canucks. But being somebody that's been in the dressing room, uh, is there anything that you wanted to touch on as far as the Viega move goes? Sure. Yeah. Like I've, I've talked to Viega quite a few times and he's, he's a very good teammate. Like he, he's basically the ideal seventh defenseman. He's a guy who's not going to complain when he's in the press box. He's going to keep working his tail off in practice. And, and well, as a, as a veteran who has, has managed to stick in the league for a long time, uh, despite not really being a, a, a huge impact player. But when he's put in the lineup, you know exactly what you're going to get from him. He's going to give an effort every single shift. He's going to be physical. He's going to have a good stick in the defensive zone. And he's going to rush the puck up ice every once in a while and, and get everybody drunk on Viega. Like, you'll see him yeah. rush, up, rush up the ice and you're like, oh my goodness, this guy's amazing. Did you see him cut through the neutral zone? And then he'll get into the offensive zone and just kind of throw the puck on net when he could potentially pass it to someone else and make a better play. But yeah. I like Viega a lot, and I think he he has a lot of potential. When I talked to him uh, last season, towards the end of last season, he he really thinks that he can be a 7-8 guy, but a 5-6 guy, a guy who can be a third-pairing defenseman, get a regular shift in the NHL, not just be a guy that gets stuck in when there's injuries or, or something else happens. But there just wasn't that opportunity in Vancouver, particularly when the Canucks went out and acquired Tyler Myers. Yeah. As yeah. soon as that happened, it, it's like you've got your top three right-hand defensemen set. You've got Myers, you've got Tanev, and you've got Stetcher. Yeah. And Viega's not going to knock any one of those guys out. No. Uh, well, and, and then they've sorry. got good depth, too. In like Brogan Rafferty is a guy that I really believe in. He's, he's a guy who can play... NHL minutes, and I think he will play NHL minutes this season. Uh, they, the Canucks really believe in Jalen Chatfield. I still haven't seen it. I don't know if he's an NHLer or not, but they believe in him. So, again, they feel like that's good depth. Utility yeah. in that Jordy Ben is actually really good on the right-hand side as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Like, he plays on both sides. Like, Jordy Ben can play on both sides really well. This was, according to the Canadians' uh, writers that, uh, that I've talked to, they say that he's even better on the right side than he is on the left, which is unusual for a left for a left-handed guy. 
Mm. Like the Biega trade, like I'm not surprised he cleared waivers. He is, you know, he has been a seventh defenseman. Those aren't like guys that you usually. I thought Berchi. I thought Berchi might get claimed, but that obviously didn't happen. It's just that time of year when no one's looking to add players. They're all looking to subtract players and get down to their 23 man roster. Because they well, can't send him I down either. Yeah, if, I thought that's if, what made Berchi safe was his cap hit and the fact that everybody's trying to get under their their roster limit and their cap limit, right? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's teams that could have fit him in under the cap. Like uh, the Ottawa Senators are terrible. They could have used Berchi, but they're at the oh, 50 yeah. contract limit somehow. <laughs> A terrible <laughs> team that somehow has 50 contracts. I don't get it. Anyways. But also there, I, I kind of also saw maybe like Colorado using him on the third sure. line would have been... An, would have been a team that I thought maybe would have taken a look at him. Yeah, there were a couple teams where it might have made sense, but for whatever reason, maybe they're scared off by his concussion history or whatever, whatever else. They they didn't want to do that. And that's Biega, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. And it's perfectly fine for the Canucks. Now they can call him back up now that they hopefully see the error of their ways. Um, <laughs> but, but like getting back to Diego, because he believes he can be that third pairing guy, he could get a chance to do that in Detroit because the Red Wings blue line is just atrocious. <laughs> it's just, it's so bad. Um, and then they've also had injuries to Erickson and Daly. So uh, it seems like Viega is likely to get called up because uh, Steve Eiserman has talked about keeping the young uh, prospects that they have in Grand Rapids in the AHL, letting them develop for a longer period of time rather than calling them up now and then for, for NHL duty. And I think they'll pretty quickly see that Biega is better than a lot of the defensemen that they currently have. Um, I think he's better than Madison Bowie and I think he's better than Trevor Daly. So I think he'll be a good fit in Detroit and maybe turn some heads and maybe actually be an everyday NHLer for the first time in his career. Yeah. I'm really happy for him. Like I really, to me, this whole trade wasn't so much getting anything back, although I thought they because they didn't, they didn't get anything back. back. No, they did not right? get anything back. David yeah. Pope is twenty five years old, and he was in the ECHL last year. Yeah, with <laughs> sorry like three points. Yeah. yeah, so I I thought they could have got something back for him, you know, other than just swapping, getting a contract back, so that. Red Wings were able to take him, and and um, I liked that no one was mad on Twitter today about it. I I like I didn't see. Well, just because we all was... really appreciate yeah. what yeah. he did, and we want him to get the best shot, right? And we know that it's not with us. 100%. And if he's able to get that opportunity with with Detroit, then we're all happy and cheering for him, right? So yeah, at the end uh, of the day, me, it, at the end of the day, nice to see that. Like you would, do I want a seventh round pick? Sure. Do I want someone that produced more than three AHL points last year? Sure. But it's, if anything, this was just a trade just to give give Viega a chance, and I respect Benning for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. So, I mean, we're, we've loved having Daniel on, of course. We've I've been really looking forward to being able to pick his brain on some stuff, and of course, kind of grind his gears on on the Pedersen versus Area 51 <laughs> yeah. but Hottest really topic still. Uh, yeah. um, but, of course, uh, our time's pretty well up, hey, Nick? So, um, yep. I'll uh, just kind of turn it back to you there. Oh, uh, yeah, I was just going to, like, if you want to say any last thoughts, Daniel, if you want to plug anything, like, this is your time, just whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a been a pleasure being on here. Uh, I lo- always love appearing on podcasts. I, I think you guys got a good, good thing going here with some. Obviously, you guys have, guys have some differing opinions uh, from each other, which is important for a podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, we definitely do. This being, but, uh, <laughs> uh, in terms of plugging my own stuff, I'm obviously on the Vancouver Vancouver Courier, Vancouver dot com, dot com, or follow me on Twitter. At Pass it to Bulis. That's B U L I S. Yeah, and I'm in the paper with a weekly column uh, in the print edition, which comes out on Thursdays. And that's a uh, that's pretty much everything I've got to plug. Awesome. Well, we appreciate yeah. you being able to join us on the podcast here, Daniel. And um, 
you guys are at the game or at a practice or something, uh, check this guy out. Maybe you can get a picture or something. He's famous. He's press. Yeah. <laughs> well, and if you haven't, but you've shared uh, possibly not quite your most recent one, but uh, it's your headshot awards, which you come out with every year. So if you haven't gone and looked at Daniel's headshot awards, just go to the Myers one for me. Yeah, the Myers one. one. That it's one a, killed a, me. All of them are good, but the Myers one is pure gold, and I, I just thoroughly enjoyed that. So uh, that's on the vancourier.com as well. Awesome. But thanks for coming on tonight, Dan. You're welcome. Dan. Yeah, thank you. And for everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Thanks for tuning into this week's Area 51 Hockey Podcast. Hope to see you all next week. Till then, farewell.